0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A gorgeous 25-year-old world-class cyclist is murdered, found shot dead multiple times in the gentrified East Austin neighborhood full of beautiful apartments and homes, When I say world class, I mean world class. She uh, reportedly the number one female gravel cyclist in the world. Who would want to kill this beautiful 25 year old girl? i'm nancy grace this is crime stories thank you for being with us here at fox nation and series xm 111 let's kick it off take a listen to our friends at
1: fox 7. police are investigating a suspicious death in east austin this happened on maple avenue near east 17th street overnight a woman called police saying she found her friend inside her house unresponsive and there was blood near her when officers arrived they found the victim had gunshot wounds AMS provided life-saving measures, but the woman later died from her injuries. Police do not know how long she was inside the home, but did call her death suspicious. It is unclear if a gun was found on scene. Suspicious? Man,
0: they're staying pretty calm. Multiple gunshot wounds? I would say, yeah, that's suspicious. I can go ahead and answer that for the cops. Take a listen now to our friend John Krenjak, Fox Seven
2: tonight we're learning the victim of a deadly shooting in east austin earlier this week was a well-known cyclist who is supposed to take part in a mountain bike race in the hill country today anna wilson better known by her middle name mariah was pronounced dead on wednesday night at home on maple avenue near eighteenth street Austin police were called there after a friend of Wilson's returned home to find the 25-year-old unconscious with gunshot wounds. APD has not believed the shooting was random. They're urging anyone with information or video of what happened to give them a call. Now, according to the cycling magazine Velo, Wilson was in Texas ahead of today's gravel low-coast race in Heiko, where she was a favorite to win. Velo published a statement from her family saying she was, quote, always pushing tirelessly to reach her goals. We knew she was pursuing that which she loved. The family adding, We know Mariah would want the event to carry on.
0: You know, when I hear the address Maple Avenue, that sounds straight out of a storybook. And from what I've learned, this is a pretty ritzy area there in Austin. Joining me, an all star panel, but let me first go straight out to Tony Plahetsky. Longtime friend, colleague, investigative reporter with the Austin American Statesman and KVUE. Twitter at T. Plahetsky. Tony, tell me about East Austin. I got the word gentrified from you. What do you mean by that? I mean, Maple Avenue. It sounds like it's out of a, a, a fable, a book. It sounds so peaceful and idyllic to have somebody, the number one female gravel cyclist in the world, gunned down
3: dead in an apartment, doesn't fit with Maple Avenue. Well, so over the years, this area of East Austin has truly been transformed. Wait
0: a minute. Tony Plahetsky, just stop right there. Let me just um, call call it like it is. It reminds me of when I moved to Atlanta uh, and started prosecuting at inner-city Atlanta's Fulton District Attorney's Office. I lived in Midtown. And at that time, every morning when I would come out of my apartment, I'd go to my car and there would be gin bottles and pantyhose, syringes, rubbers, empty bottles of liquor, and pantyhose. Because hookers and um, addicts would come up and down my alley where I lived to shoot up and conduct business, let me just say. Then it went gentrified. People that wanted to live close to all the high-rise skyscrapers and businesses downtown wanted to move there. They pumped their money into it, fixed it all up. Everybody had lawns and fancy apartments and fancy cars. I had to move. I couldn't afford it anymore. Is that what
3: you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. It is a carbon copy of what you just described. And so this area where Mariah Wilson was murdered is now home to high-rise apartments, uh, townhomes that are very trendy. A lot of young people in our city live in this area who have moved to Austin from all over the country to work in tech, for example. And so it's really an area dominated increasingly by that population.
0: I know what you mean. Gin bottles and pantyhose in the alley one day, then valet parking and high-rises the next day. I get it. What I'm I'm getting at is there's a very low crime rate on Maple Avenue. Take a listen to our friends Carissa Lemukle on Fox Seven. It surprised everybody.
1: East Austin resident Michael Harris is talking about what happened the night of May 11th. Shocked to hear that a young, prominent cyclist was shot and killed while staying in the house across the street.
4: I've lived here almost two years and I've never maybe seen two police cars pass by. That's just the way this neighborhood is.
1: 25-year-old Mariah Wilson was in Texas to compete in an upcoming race, coming off a win at the Belgian Waffle Ride in California.
3: We all just marveled at, you know, just what a wonderful personality and a uh, great athlete and an ambassador for our sport. And then all of a sudden, how could this happen? Um, and everyone's just sort of reeling from it.
0: In addition to reporter Carissa, you're also hearing from the director of the Belgian Waffle Ride in California, Michael Marks. Everyone knew her and loved her. Now, when I hear gravel, cycling, it's hard enough to race in sand to uh, get your bike to go through. So why are you looking at me like that, Jackie? Are you imagining trying to ride a bike through sand, much less gravel? Uh, Tell me about this. What is this, Tony
3: Plohetsky? It's it's an endurance sport. I mean, it is where the, yeah, I mean, really, really uh, a very competitive sport the country, really across the world. And Mariah Wilson, as you mentioned, was a star in that world. She had already amassed a certain amount of acclaim, but she was really on her way. Even her competitors, her most fierce competitors, admired her and and her stamina, her just natural-born athleticism but also Nancy, her personality. I mean, when they talk about her, they actually don't lead with the fact that she was this amazing athlete. They lead with talking about her kindness and her spirit and and the happiness that she really had in her life.
0: I'm Stories with Nancy Grace. Just right off the bat to Joe Scott Morgan, Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University. He's an author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. And he's the host of a hit new series, Body Bags, with Joseph Scott Morgan on iHeart. Joe Scott, just right off the bat, this woman, I can tell you, she's in a single-dwelling apartment. She's unarmed, and she's shot multiple times. I don't like it. We don't have any evidence of rape or burglary. So why is somebody coming into this apartment, if there was, in fact, a break-in, and gunning her down multiple times?
5: Yeah, and one of the things that kind of interests me is that when she was found, she was not found in, like, the foyer. She wasn't found at the entrance. She was actually found in the bathroom, which gives me an indication that... Unless there is an obvious sign that someone kicked in the door, or uh, you know, pried open a window, or maybe entered through a back door—even if there was a back door—that this may have been a location of retreat, you know, when people are being attacked.
0: Why didn't? Can I just ask you, out of mm-hmm. curiosity? Sure. Everything you yeah. said, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. But why didn't mm-hmm. you just say she was in the bathroom? It makes me think she ran, ran from her attacker and hid in the bathroom.
5: Well, because i, I but, mean,
0: does it ever dawn on you to talk like the rest of us?
5: No. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, okay. Go ahead. It just <laughs> I respect that. Go ahead.
5: <laughs> no, it just, it, it just grasped me. You know, for the, the moment that I, I, I read this and heard it, you know, the fact that she was in the bathroom, you know, who feels comfortable with entering the bathroom with someone else? Maybe she's retreated to that point. Maybe she was forced in there. You know, when, you know, one of the things like, if you have bad weather, people tell you to retreat to the bathroom. It's generally the most secure area in the house. If you don't have a basement or something, And it could be an area where sound is muffled, for instance. Because, Nancy, when they found her, her body is blood-soaked. And there are, and this is very key, there are multiple spent shell casings laying about her body in this approximate area as well.
0: Okay, stop right there. She's in the bathroom. You think there's a very good chance she ran to the bathroom. I agree. Um, Multiple spent shell casings around her. That tells me... This is not a pro because you would take the time to pick them up. Shellnut uh, with me. Also, James Shellnut, 27 years, a Metro major case. Also swap now lawyer with the Shellnut firm on Twitter at Shellnut law firm right there. We know it's someone that's not a pro because the pro after the killing would pick up the shell casings, because they, just like a bullet, can be matched back like a fingerprint to the weapon. Because once you get, if you ever get the murder weapon, when the shell comes out, there is an ejector mark. The shell, although it may not hurl down the barrel, is ejected. Think of an ejection seat in a plane. The shell is ejected out, and the force of leaving the weapon leaves a mark on the shell unlike any other marking from any other gun on a shell. Agree? Disagree? Shell nut? Agree
6: 100%, and what that allows you to do is to go back and do further investigation to see if— A person that you suspect being involved in a crime had access to a weapon that would leave that type of strike mark on the shell case
0: guys take a listen our cut 15 our cut 15 from crime online
4: why is mariah also known as mo in texas to race listen Anna Mo Wilson was in Texas to race. The Gravel Locos competition was a 150-mile race in a discipline that blends mountain biking and road cycling. It's a profession new to Wilson. She had recently quit her job with the bike company Specialized to focus on cycling full-time. Wilson had won 10 off-road races this year, including an 80-kilometer race at the Sea Otter Classic, a cycling festival in Monterey, California. So she was there
0: Strictly for business. Back to you, Tony Plahetsky. Where was she staying? Whose apartment was this?
3: Uh, a friend, a longtime friend who does live in Austin, and that friend had actually picked her up at the airport and given her a, a special code, uh, an access code to her apartment, so that she could go and come as she pleased. Um, and so that's what Mariah Wilson had done. I mean, there, there are other. Uh, things that she had been doing out on the town while she had been here, just a couple of days, actually, by the time that she had been, been found there. Just
0: a couple of days in Austin, and now she's dead. Uh, with me, Tony Plahetsky is joining us, Tony, with the Austin American Statesman. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that code, that special access code. Take a listen to our Cut
4: 17 our friends at CrimeOnline.com. At first, suspecting a robbery, police and Cash checked the home. The only thing missing was Anna Wilson's specialized S-Works bicycle. As officers checked the area, Wilson's bicycle was found around 68 feet south of Cash's home, hidden in thick bamboo. The investigation quickly turned from interrupted robbery to homicide, as Cash explained that she has specialized electronic locks on her door that unlock by using a unique code. Cash had provided Wilson with a new code, with Cash getting a phone notification when the door is either locked or unlocked. At 8.36 p.m., Wilson came home. You know, that's very, very interesting.
0: Let me go to another special guest joining us. It is Runya Mancarius, CEO, Crime Stoppers of Houston, author of The Online World, What You Think You Know and What You Don't. Um, you can find her at RaniaMancarius.com. Rania, thank you for being with us so very much and for all of your hard work with Crime Stoppers of Houston. Rania, when I was writing Don't Be a Victim, I researched about how you of course, should always change your code on everything you've got. Your iPad, your cell phone, uh, your recording, your home answering machine if you have one, your uh, code in and out of your home, your gate code, everything. Don't leave it on factory set because you can look that up online. And predators do look it up online to find out what the factory setting is. And most of the world, believe it or not, that has a code of any type puts in 1234 or 1111 or 2222. It's very, very simple to crack that code. That's when I learned researching for Don't Be a Victim that you can have your code to get into your apartment like this friend had. And then you can give visitors their own code so you don't have to. X out your code every time you have a visitor and they leave and come up with a new one, which I think is really, really smart. When you have visitors, you assign them a different code. That works with your system. That sounds like what happened here, Runya.
1: Yeah, and I agreed. And that sounds like what Caitlin Cash did. She assigned Mariah her own unique code and has since said that she's, you know, erased that code and has changed her code. Uh, but she was doing everything she could to keep herself safe and to keep her guests safe. But that move, that very smart move, um, really are there. It's helping law enforcement in this case. And it's something we, advise all people to do is we embrace technology and we look to have smart homes and smart technology in our homes mm-hmm. we want people to utilize this in a way that keeps them safe
0: so l- let's get right down to it to dr sherry schwartz joining me a forensic psychologist specializing in capital mitigation she's the author of criminal behavior and where law and psychology intersect dr sherry schwartz thank you for joining us from miami beach today dr sherry That's when you feel at home. You feel at home when you go into a secure apartment that you can only get in with a special code devised for you. Why am I saying this? Who would have had that code? Who could have figured out that code? Or could the perp have somehow gotten in behind her? Did she not lock the door when she went in? I'm following up on what Joe Scott Morgan said, that it seems as if the victim, this world-class, gorgeous, 25-year-old cyclist, had retreated to the bathroom. Or maybe she was just in the bathroom. But I know her defenses were down, Dr. Sherry. She thought she was safe. Correct. She walked through the door I mean, maybe she did forget to lock it or didn't, maybe thought it was
6: locked. It's a new environment for her. She's a guest at this location. So maybe she didn't think about how to lock the door, maybe thought it locked automatically behind her. But you're right, she probably felt very safe and secure and headed to use the restroom like many of us do when we first get home. So this is nothing unusual, and if I feel safe and secure in a location, I'm not necessarily going to be hypervigilant looking for someone, especially if I'm at home, looking for someone who's going to be coming in behind me. You know what's
0: interesting? Tony Plahetsky joining me from the Austin American Statesman. Tony, it doesn't sound like there was a struggle. I wonder if the person had secreted themselves in the home, if they followed in behind her, if she didn't lock the door, if she didn't use the code. But... I don't hear anything about um, a struggle ensuing, any evidence of a struggle.
3: It sounds like Mariah was just shot stone cold dead. That's exactly right, in a in a pool of blood on, on the floor. And so that is how her friend Caitlin found her, and that is how the police found her when, when they arrived. Guys,
0: take a listen to our cut 16, because I'm trying to figure out What happened? Where was this friend whose apartment she was using, staying there with the friend? Who was it and what
4: happened in the hours leading up to this world class cyclist murder? Friend Caitlin Cash picked up Wilson at the airport. Wilson was to stay at Cash's home until the race. The next day, Cash received a text from Wilson saying that she was meeting a friend named Colin to go swimming that afternoon around 5:30. As Cash left to go meet friends for dinner, she noticed Wilson's large bicycle travel bag outside the front door on the elevated porch. Cash says she told Wilson to move the bag inside so it wouldn't be stolen, but when Cash came home from dinner, the large travel bag was at the bottom of the stairs partially blocking the carport as she went inside the front door was unlocked and wilson was lying on the bathroom floor covered in blood okay tony plahetsky joining me
0: austin american statesman i just learned a lot so this is a friend caitlin cash that picks her up at the airport offers her apartment up for her to stay and she's going to stay there until the race The next day she was meeting somebody to go swimming, but listen to this part. She noticed the travel bag outside in the front door, on the front door on an elevated porch. She told, now first of all, to me, that rules out the friend who would be your first suspect because she's already had a chance to kill her when she picked her up from the airport. Um, Also, it's usually not the killer that calls 911. Okay, so let's start with that, but... She comes back, she tells her, Move your big bag with all your gear inside so nobody steals it. So that tells me while you're telling me this is a gentrified neighborhood, there still could be somebody that would come along and burgle or steal. I learned that. I also learned that the door was unlocked, the front door was unlocked no jimmying the door no pry marks no forced entry the door was unlocked which leads me to think the victim uh mariah wilson walked in suspecting nothing and didn't lock the
3: door yeah i mean i definitely think that that is possible the other possibility that we really haven't talked about here though nancy is whether or not Mariah Wilson may have known the person, maybe saw someone outside that she, that was known to her. Let's go in and talk. Um, Could that have happened um, here? Could someone have come to the door right behind her that she knew? That is an interesting possibility as well.
0: You're absolutely right. Guys, take a listen now.
4: We finally get a tiny break in the case. Hour cut 18 from Crime Online. Detectives turn to video as they discover a surveillance camera mounted on the exterior of a home nearby. The camera faced the driveway next to Cash's home. The footage showed a dark-colored SUV drive past at 8.37 p.m. That's one minute after Wilson entered Cash's home. The SUV slowed down appearing to come to a stop directly next to cash's residence the suv had a large bicycle rack mounted on the trailer hitch of the vehicle a luggage rack mounted on the roof and chrome around the windows no other vehicles were seen on video surveillance until emergency vehicles arrived okay what did we ever do james Shellnut? before video
0: surveillance uh ring doorbells the works. So tell me the significance, because in my mind, it's going to be tough to explain that this black SUV was on the scene one minute before.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty significant information. I mean, now you've got a potential suspect vehicle identified. And if you can tie that to someone who may have a reason to have hurt Mo, uh, then at that point, you've got something, you know, you're going to want to go back and look and say, okay, what are the usual suspects? You know, the usual suspects for motive in murder cases, when you don't know who did it, you're always going to want to look at money, sex, and revenge. And can you tie that vehicle to someone who would have had
0: one of those motives? You know, I'm curious uh, too, Rania Mancarius is joining me with Crime Stoppers of Houston and author. The art of identifying a vehicle is very, very sophisticated. Every year to two years, Car manufacturers change subtle, subtle portions of the make and model. For instance, they may change the taillight. They may turn it from two taillight panes to three. Or they may slant it. Or they may change something about the bumper or the wheels. I mean... It changes every couple of years. They don't ke- keep the same exact model for a reason. Um, so there are people in car car theft, stolen cars. Just like there's a homicide squad, there's a car theft squad. There's a burglary squ- squad. There is a crimes on children, a crime on women squad. There's a white collar crime squad. So. These guys and women in car theft, they know all of this. If they can get a look at the make and model, they can tell you the year. Um, If they can even get a partial tag, they can find out who that belongs to fairly quickly. Would you agree
1: Run ya. Absolutely. I agree. And then let's just say we kind of brushed over the fact that uh, a, a local camera on an exterior of a neighbor's building really caught the video. That's critical uh, because, to your point, cars are changing constantly. People, you have eyewitnesses to the scene that will be able to say, I think it was a black vehicle. I think it was a Jeep, but I'm not sure. But that, vi- that video surveillance, even if it's just a taillight, gives law enforcement so much information including potentially the tag and that's what we had in this case and that was what was absolutely critical in identifying the suspect
0: moving forward take a listen to our cut 11 our friends at
4: cbs although she wasn't from austin those right here in central texas have been shocked at her death I think it's a bad tragedy. Michael Harris lives just across the street from where Anna Mariah Wilson lost her life. Those who knew her best called her Mo. According to an affidavit, Wilson was staying with a friend while preparing for a bicycling race. She was last seen alive on surveillance video, being dropped off at the home by a local professional cyclist, Colin Strickland, who never went inside. It's real, real quiet over here. We never had this happen before. APD says during the investigation, surveillance video showed a black deep grand Cherokee drove past the house just one minute after Wilson went inside. Okay, right there, we're getting somebody else ruled out. We know that she
0: had gone swimming that day earlier in the day with somebody named Colin Strickland. But did I hear this correctly, Tony Plahetsky? that the surveillance video shows Strickland bringing her home, never going in, And leaving, correct?
3: That is exactly right.
0: And Strickland was not driving a black SUV.
3: He was not. He was, as a matter of fact, on his motorcycle. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that clears that up. So who is in the black
2: SUV? Take a listen to Our Cut Nine, our friends at Fox 7. Armstrong's car was seen on surveillance video at Wilson's friend's home. Wilson's friend later came home to find Wilson with multiple gunshot wounds. We went to the home where the crime happened and the address listed for Armstrong and Strickland. No response. We tried calling Strickland as well.
4: Sorry, the person you we're trying to reach has a voicemail box that has not been set up yet.
2: All this leaving the cycling community in mourning.
6: It's so incredibly painful for such a tight knit community and people you've raced with celebrated with no like ridden so many miles with to be faced with this horrific tragedy and really my reaction is just pain and heartbreaking
0: Okay, so we've ruled out Colin Strickland, who dropped off on a motorcycle. Who, Tony Plahetsky, is Armstrong?
3: Armstrong is Colin Strickland's girlfriend of three years, and they live together here in Austin and actually operate a business together in the Austin area.
0: Caitlin Marie Armstrong, age 34, is the living girlfriend. Of Colin Strickland. Colin Strickland
3: is who Mariah went swimming with? That's exactly right. Mariah and Colin Strickland had gone to uh, a well-known pool, uh, community pool here in Austin called Deep Eddy, and uh, went swimming together and then picked up a couple of burgers at a nearby uh, popular spot. And then, as we know, he dropped her off back at the apartment on his motorcycle.
0: Okay, I'm trying to take in everything that you just said. Um, Take a listen to our Cut 10, uh, Angela Shen, Fox 7. The search is on for Caitlin
2: Armstrong. Officials are asking for the public's help in finding her. According to the court paperwork, an anonymous caller had called police saying Armstrong said she wanted to kill Wilson after finding out she was involved with her boyfriend. Now, the affidavit says the night of the murder, Wilson went for a swim with Colin Strickland, another cyclist. After that, he dropped her off at her friend's house. Wilson was visiting from California and was an austin ahead of a race in HICO. the paperwork says strickland and caitlin armstrong were in a relationship before briefly ending it for a couple of weeks last year at that time he was involved with wilson armstrong's car was seen on surveillance video at wilson's friend's home a race director we spoke with earlier this week says this is how he remembers wilson
3: we all just marveled at you know just what a wonderful personality and A great athlete and an ambassador for our sport and then all of a sudden how could this happen
2: and police say at this point armstrong has not been found they are asking for the public's help in finding her
0: crime stories with nancy grace To you, Tony Plahetsky. I'm trying to make sense of what we are learning. So I understand Mariah was not in a love relationship, a sex relationship with Colin Strickland.
3: Explain this love triangle. So uh, Mariah uh, and Colin Strickland did have a relationship months ago while he was apparently broken up with Kristen Armstrong. That is what he tells the police that they, that they have. Can you slow
0: a, down and tell me the dates
3: and the, everything else, you know? Yeah. It was last fall and in, in October when Colin reports, it's almost a year ago when, when Colin reports that he and uh, Armstrong were broken up and that he did have a brief relationship with Mariah Wilson. However, since that time, according to him, uh, and what he told police, is that they have had been friends. When
0: you say relationship, are you talking about a love relationship, a sex relationship? I mean, what, I, what I
3: believe was it was, based on my understanding, a romantic relationship. I mean, that, that is the way that it has been described.
0: Okay, so let me understand this. About a year ago, when Colin Strickland was broken up with Caitlin Armstrong, He had a love relationship with Mariah Wilson, the cycling star, right? That's right. And then they called it off and he got back with Caitlin Armstrong. Is that right? That is correct. Okay,
3: go from there. And so over time, over the past several months, uh, Mariah and Strickland did maintain uh, contact. And apparently their relationship transitioned more into platonic, more into friendship. But at the same time, uh, Caitlin Armstrong discovered this relationship and was able to, uh, learn more both from Colin Strickland himself and also apparently, uh, looking at a cell phone, um, learned more about his ongoing friendship with Mariah Wilson and did not like it, and so uh, that that is what he told police as part of a very lengthy interview.
0: Okay, wait. Even though they were platonic, she still didn't like it.
3: That's exactly that exact it is the understanding. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness! You know, the first thing I would do, Runya, Mancarius, joining us from Crime Stoppers Houston, I would get all of Caitlin Armstrong, age 34, cell phone records, and if she's got a landline. And I would find out how many times she had been checking her boyfriend's messages and cell phone messages. I would want to find out had she hacked into his email. Everything I could prove digitally to see how long she had been doing a slow burn over her boyfriend, Colin Strickland's relationship, now platonic, with Mariah, the cyclist star. Well, and it looks like that's
1: what they've been doing. And they've uncovered that Colin and Mariah had been exchanging texts and phone calls, although he changed Mariah's name on his phone to not uh, infuriate his girlfriend. Um, But she discovered it, and she started calling uh, Mariah incessantly. Mariah blocked the number, Uh, started following her on Instagram and and following her on what we understand to be Strava, a fitness app to determine her whereabouts. So we can see Caitlin's actions. Oh, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. What did you say about an app? It's called Strava or Strava, and it basically allows a cyclist to check in and show his or her followers, you know, the point of uh, departure for a bike ride and then the point of return. And apparently, uh, you know, Wilson had had pinged her location to the home of Caitlin Cash as a as a start of the bike ride and as a point of where she returned, and that's where we believe Armstrong oh. learned of uh, of Wilson's whereabouts. So she would like chart her
0: her bike courses online, so her followers could know where she was.
1: And it's very common. You know, given technology today, Uh, a lot of us live our daily lives sharing our exact whereabouts in real time with this community and network of people who follow us. Uh, That's a big thing that I talk about in terms of how dangerous that that really is and really can be. so So
0: dangerous. So dangerous. This is reminding me, anybody on the panel, jump in. Remember, this is no tea party at High Grove. of two cases. Number one, Diane Zamora. This was commonly called the cadet murders. Uh, she was dating a guy, David Graham. One, catch this, was in the Naval Academy. You know how hard that is to get into. The other one was in West Point, as I recall. And the, bo- the guy, David Graham, they're all like 18, 19, 20, had a one-time fling with a 16-year-old girl he met like at a Wendy's drive-through, uh, Adrian Jones. And when Zamora found out, she demanded revenge. Here you go, Naval Academy, West Point. She demanded revenge, so the two of them go and murder the 16-year-old little girl. I mean, brutal over what? A one-night stand? That lasted five minutes, seriously, and completely, completely uncontrolled impulses. Then it reminds me of another case. If anybody remembers it, the case of this gorgeous pediatrician out of Texas. You'll remember this, Tony Plahetsky, Kendra Hatcher, and she got engaged or was getting engaged to Dr. McDreamy. She ended up getting gunned down in the parking lot, the parking garage of her Lux high rise because his ex-girlfriend had been following her on an app and wanted revenge because her boyfriend dumped her and had her gunned down dead over a love triangle. Do you remember Kendra Hatcher, the uh, pediatric dentist? That's what she was being gunned down. And uh, outside of her high rise, you got the same thing playing out here,
3: Tony Plahetsky, a ridiculous love triangle. Absolutely. And, and that is one of the things that so many people have commented upon. I mean, when you look at Armstrong, it is it, her public image and, and even her image among people who knew her stands in stark contrast to what she is now accused of doing. She is described as successful, um, accomplished in her own right in the world of business. She was a yoga instructor for several years in Bali. And so people. You mean Caitlin Armstrong? Yes. And so people are. So she was a yogi? She was. In Bali, no less. Um, And so people are trying to uh, reconcile that image of her. Based on what police are saying, she
0: did. I'm looking at the video, and there's no doubt about it. You see Armstrong's black SUV uh, going back and forth. It's 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 a, a Jeep Cherokee driving around outside the home. She's just circling it like a vulture. Uh, the car is again spotted that night after the, I guess, the love object, Colin Strickland, drops off the victim twenty five year old Maureen Wilson and his yogi girlfriend just couldn't stand it. Yoga teacher Caitlin Armstrong could not stand it and now she is on the run. Tony Plahetsky. There's no question. I
3: guarantee you she's made from Mexico. I mean, I think that is a true open question and what law enforcement officials tell me is that they really don't have a good sense of where she is. I mean, for starters, they're looking, Nancy, right now, for the black Jeep, Jeep Cherokee, and they have not been able to find it anywhere in the city of Austin or beyond. So, obviously, they, they want to start there and, and whether or not it may lead them to Caitlin Armstrong, ultimately. But priority one of course as finding her, but anything they can do to help that and and the course of that, including finding the Jeep would be helpful.
0: big hint. Check the border crossing. What's the closest border crossing, Tony Blahetsky in Mexico from there?
3: And it's about three hours south of here and in Laredo oh, Texas. She's
0: gone. Yeah. Yeah. She ha- she probably drove all night long and I would be watching the Love Object, Colin Strickland's cell phone. Um It's going to be very hard for me to believe that she just cuts it off cold turkey after she killed for him. Dr. Sherry Schwartz, help me. A love Triangle. I mean, if you got a guy that's cheating on you, who wants him anyway? I would send him straight to her house, COD, cash on delivery, and don't send him back. No returns. Absolutely.
6: I agree 100%, Nancy. Uh, But clearly... It seems that Caitlin suffers from this obsessive, pathological, toxic jealousy that led to violence, possibly against Mariah. Mm, mm, mm. Now, I'm wondering where if she did go across to Mexico and she got away and nobody can find this SUV. Who's helping her is one of the things that I'm wondering.
0: Joe Scott Morgan, how are they processing the scene? How are we going to prove that it is, in fact, the yoga-loving girlfriend, Caitlin Armstrong?
5: Well, I'm glad you asked that question because Austin, the Austin PD actually served a warrant. Uh, let's go back to where she was domiciled with Strickland. And this is what they found out. Uh, they actually recovered two uh, pistols at that scene, one in which was a six-hour 9mm. Guess who had access to it? Only Armstrong. That's it. And guess what else they did? They took this weapon and they test fired it. And when they test fired it, it came back. There is a high probability that those ejected shells that they found at the scene match this particular weapon. What kind of strikes me is baffling to me is that they actually, this individual left this weapon at the scene where it could be recovered uh, I don't know what that actually says about this individual, but it tells me she didn't make any effort to try to take it and throw it in a river.
0: Tells me she was highly emotional at the time and not thinking correctly. That is not insanity under the law. The stalking, the leaving, the hiding out, the going on the run shows she knew what she did was wrong and for what. And I can tell you another thing since nobody asked, if you're a boyfriend or husband, Is hiding somebody's name and their cell phone out. There's a reason he's hiding it. There is a reason. I've checked my husband's cell phone so many times. My eyes bled. It was so boring. I quit. Um, Also, he lied. Didn't he lie, Tony Platsky, about where he was going that day? He's going to a big municipal pool. Anybody can see them. The Deep Eddy. Uh Uh-uh. It's not like a watering hole. It's a big municipal pool. Anybody could see him there. Why did he have to lie about it, Tony? Or did he?
3: Well, he lied, according to his text messages to Armstrong. He lied to her about, about where he was. He... It described uh, his battery dying, that he had he had delivered flowers to someone, and then his phone battery
0: died. I just hate it when that happens. All those batteries are always going dead. Well, I've got the application for arrest warrant right here. It's very, very detailed. You can read it at CrimeOnline.com. She's on the run. You may run, but you can't hide, girl. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.